Welcome to the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast, your source for everything you need to go from unfocused wantrepreneur to action-taking, money-making entrepreneur. Now, your host, Brian Lofermento. Hello, hello, and happy Featured Friday to you listening to this podcast episode. My name is Brian Lofermento, and as always, I'm excited about today's episode because I've got a featured guest for you this week, and she is quite simply amazing at what she does. So today's guest is Jennifer Burson. She's the president and founder of Generation PR, and that's Generation spelled with a J, just like her name, Jen. So Generation PR, a public relations and social media marketing firm that specializes in promoting beauty, baby, and lifestyle brands. She also has launched Generation Academy, which is an online educational platform for entrepreneurs that includes courses, resources, and the Generation Insiders Facebook community. And during the course of this interview, you're going to hear her talk about that Facebook community and how you can join before she closes the doors and starts charging for it. Now, prior to founding Generation PR in 2005, Jen was a civil litigation attorney in Los Angeles. She's been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Inc., Business Insider, Yahoo, Entrepreneur Magazine, CBS.com, PR Week, Huffington Post, Fox 11 News, you name it. And as a PR expert, Jen is there. So she's absolutely amazing. I'm excited to have her on the podcast for you here today. So without further ado, we're going to dive in. And on that note, I lied because it's not without further ado, we're going to dive in. (laughs) One last thing I want to add, because this is so important as to you as a entrepreneur to entrepreneur listener, because we don't just talk about PR in this episode. The reason why I did this episode is for you, because I want to consider where you're at in your business and what's holding you back and how do you get your first paying customers and clients. And so I, I Talk to Jen about exactly how she did that. How did she go from somebody who was a lawyer with no real experience in PR to now one of the leading experts in the industry? So this is not a PR episode. This is about a business growth and a transitional and how to get over imposter syndrome and how to actually grow a business. And along the way, Jen talks a lot about PR, so you will learn from her in that respect as well. But I'm excited to dive in because this was an awesome interview and I think you're going to get a lot of value from it. So now without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Jennifer Burson. All right. So hey there, Jennifer. Thanks for joining us today and welcome to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the show today because I've already read your bio. I've already introduced you to the listeners here today, and you've got such an interesting story. I mean, you went from lawyer to one of the best PR people in the world and in the country, especially. (laughs) I always hear people talking about you when it comes to your courses and your Facebook group and all that, but talk to us about that transition. How did a lawyer say, you know what, I'm going to become an expert in PR? I don't know, isn't it a very logical transition, is it? Um, <laughs> but I I don't know. I just, this happened about 11, 12 years ago. Um, and I was still practicing civil litigation. And I just had, I kind of had that feeling that it wasn't the right fit for me long term. It just felt more like a, like a job than a career. And I started doing some work unpaid on the side. So while I was still practicing, I reached out to a brand that I really liked personally. And I really had a vision for them strategically about where they should have their products. And I just 
contacted the owner and I said, you know, I have these ideas for your brand. All I need from you is products to send out into the world, send to the right people and hopefully get you in magazines and get some celebrities to use your products. And I thought she was going to think I was totally crazy. Um, but she said, yeah, that sounds great. Let's try it. And she sent me a huge box of it's like perfumes and body lotions and things like that, um, <laughs> which I loved. And I started pitching them. I didn't really even know, you know, what exactly I was doing. I mean, I had an idea for what the right approach would be, but I didn't realize that this service I was providing was PR and that brands actually pay companies to provide this service. I kind of figured PR was kind of like damage control for celebrities who got into trouble or <laughs> corporate executives that were up to no good that needed someone to spin their message. I didn't realize brands did this. And so once I um, got some great results for this company and started digging in a little deeper about what kind of fees somebody charges or what jobs look like in this industry, I realized that there's more to it and this could be a good business to have. And so I kind of jumped in head first. Yeah. Here I am, 11 years later. I, I love that story for like 50 different reasons. And <laughs> the first of which is listeners always hear me say, start before you're ready. And it definitely sounds like you started before you're ready. And I love the fact that you offered to do free work because clearly that shows that you were passionate about it and you just kind of learned the ropes as you were going. So I really like that story and I like that angle. And I'm sure that that's going to resonate so deeply with a lot of entrepreneurs who are sitting there saying, well, I'm not an expert at whatever it is they want to get in, into. So you showed, just go out there, do it for free, and then you can sell that. So how did you spin from doing something for free to all of a sudden getting paid for it? What was that transition like? Well, I never ultimately got paid by that client. I went in a little bit deeper with them and kind of invested in the company. Um, I really believed in the brand, but ultimately it was the leadership that kind of you know, posed a problem for me getting more deeply involved with the company. But I, I used that expertise and kind of the interest that I had created in this, in this new industry for myself and said, okay, what does it look like to get paid to do this? And then I had to decide, do I want to jump ship and go to an agency and start from the bottom and learn the ropes that way and grow from there? Or do I want to, start my own thing. Um, and I did actually bridge the gap for a very short period of time with um, a friend of mine who was starting her own agency. She was leaving uh, an in-house position somewhere, taking one of the brands and then rolling it into her own agency. And when I started asking her questions about how this industry worked, she said, you know what, why don't you join me and let's kind of build something together. And then Ultimately, it, we kind of had divergent paths and they ended up going in more of like a fashion focus. And I wanted to pursue some smaller brands that I really believed in that couldn't afford to pay the retainers of that agency because they had a lot more experience than I did personally. So I asked if it would be okay to kind of take some of those leads on my own. And they said, absolutely no problem. And I started my own company. And that was about maybe seven, eight months. It wasn't very long. And um, what I did to kind of 
hang my shingle was just chose a company name and my company is Generation PR, like you mentioned, and Generation is with a J. Um, it's funny because now at this point, I don't even see the word Generation with a G anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like every time I write it, it has a J. But um, I picked a company name, I grabbed a URL and, you know, bought a domain and hired a graphic designer to create um, really cool brand identity. My identity for the business has changed a couple times since then. But at the time, it was really innovative and different. And I printed up some business cards and I just basically said, you know, this is my company. So rather than going for it as um, an independent contractor or an individual, I always approached it from the agency side, even when it was just me in the beginning. Yeah, and I, I had a lead. Yeah. So um, I had a lead on one client and I went after them and I, I came and said, give us three months. We'll come in below market rate. So if market is X, we'll do 50% of X for three months. You'll see what it's like to work with us. You'll see what kind of results we get. And then let's reassess. And I worked with that brand for more than 11 years. So we grew together and, and it kind of helped me build a niche in um, the baby and kids industry because that was my very first client. Yeah, that's awesome. You also jumped the gun on one of the questions I was oh. going to ask you, which is perfect. You already talked about because I love digging into how did you get your first client. And so you talked about how you had that lead. I'm guessing was it from prior work that you had done? Yeah, absolutely. It was um, a, an event that we worked on that was a lead when I had that partnership with the first person I kind of joined forces with. And we did um, some goodie bags for some um, MTV event with a celebrity backing. And so we were able to open a lot of doors to brands. This was kind of before the word influencer was even a thing. I mean, mm -hmm. it was really only kind of celebrities and reality TV stars that were giving brands any kind of pull. And so we did an event through MTV and there were a lot of celebrities in attendance. And so we were able to pitch that exposure to a lot of brands. And one of those brands came to us and said, you know, I really want to get more involved with you because we need PR support. And their retainer fee was pretty low. And I just really believed in the brand so much. And I wanted to become part of this brand. And so when I presented it to the person I was working with, they said, you know, that's really low and it's going to be a lot of work. And I said, I don't care. Let's grow together. And so that was the brand I ended up taking out on my own. And that brand grew tremendously in the time we worked together. And we ended up getting their products to every it was a baby brand so we got it to like every single celebrity parent that you can imagine I mean we had Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's kids carrying this product and Surrey Cruz and Jessica Alba's kids Reese Witherspoon's kids I mean every single A-lister you can imagine and so that brand really put our agency on the map in the baby and kids space so that risk for me to take the work at a very low retainer ended up paying off because the brand grew over time. We grew with them and it helped us establish that expertise in that space. And now we're one of the most um, kind of known agencies in the baby and kids space and clients seek us out and, um, you know, working with a huge international brand now that is kind of like my dream client and they came to us and it was just incredible. So I, it's, it pays off to kind of, go after a brand you really believe in, you see a lot of potential to grow with them and find an arrangement that's mutually beneficial where you can show what you've got and you can help them grow and then you, you know, grow together over time. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And one of the things I want to dig into, and I don't know how easy this is going to be. It's funny. You asked me before we started recording if there's any questions that you might need to think about beforehand. And I'm going to throw you a curveball right here on the air. Okay. Because I know that every entrepreneur, and I'm sure you can relate because I can definitely relate. And I know for a fact, every entrepreneur can relate to this. And for many of them, this is their biggest obstacle. And that's imposter syndrome. So take me back towards the beginning. Yeah, you must have had times where especially as a lawyer, And people were saying, oh, yeah, hey, help us out with our PR. Help us out with getting in front of A-list celebrities. Did you ever have days where you were just like, who am I to do this? Like, do I actually know what I'm doing? Absolutely. It's so funny because I wrote an article about this and I published it on LinkedIn and it really resonated with a lot of people. Um, And I I did have that feeling and it kind of transitioned. So I practiced law for four years and I would say after about four years of doing PR when the tables shifted with more time and experience doing PR, it kind of dissipated. And at that point, there were good results that proved that we were good at what we were doing. And Um, and then I felt more confident, but in the beginning I kept saying, well, why would anyone hire a lawyer to do their PR? (laughs) And, um, so one of the ways that I bridged that gap was really early on, I got a job teaching at, um, this school here in Los Angeles called the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. It's called FITM. And I taught principles of entrepreneurship in their beauty and cosmetics department. And I felt like that would help me bridge the gap between having no real formal expertise or experience or even contacts in um, fashion, beauty, and cosmetics. And um, it gave me a little bit of kind of, um, you know, some cachet as an instructor there. People know the school. Um, And I taught for two years. And it was it was really challenging to do both while I was growing a business. Before then, I, I didn't have kids. So my time was a little, or I should say, a lot more flexible. But I felt like that helped me tell a little bit of a better story. And I just really, I think that my genuine interest, my interest in learning as much as I could and networking as much as I could in the various spaces that I wanted to establish an expertise in really kind of helped me overcome that imposter syndrome. But I would, I will say the moment I can remember the exact day that I kind of said, okay, all right, we've got this. Um, (laughs) We had on one day, we had a client on the Today Show And it was like her first appearance on the Today Show. And she had about a six minute segment and she crushed it. She did an amazing job. And that same day, I had two clients appearing on the Ellen DeGeneres Mother's Day special, which is like really challenging to get on that show. Um, It's even harder now. But back then, you know, there were only one or two spots for small brands. And I had two clients that we secured spots for. And I got to take those clients with us and watch the show taped live in the Ellen Green Room and tour the set. And I just remember thinking, okay, this this is not a fluke. Like, we must know what we're doing and we're good at this. And from then on, I've kind of overcome that imposter syndrome. Awesome. I love it. And like you said, I mean, it resonates with so many people because we all face it. Literally, there's not a single entrepreneur on the planet who is born with the talents that they have today. I mean, all of us, it's been an evolutionary process and things that we've learned along the way. So I love your story about that. And what a day to finally overcome it. Ellen and the Today Show. That's amazing. Yeah, it was it was awesome. <laughs> and you know, a lot of a lot of what we 
like our paths are not linear. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure before you started your business, you know, you started your business in one way and the skills that you acquired in promoting that business kind of have evolved into maybe the bigger side of your business, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, my successes today wouldn't exist without my failures and successes of yesterday. True. Absolutely. So yeah, I think every step of the way, whether it's a good step or a bad step, every step gets us closer. And like you said, it's definitely not linear. Those steps could be forwards, (laughs) backwards, sideways, you name it. Yeah, there is a little bit of stepping back that happens. And for me, it was completely jumping ship and <laughs> and going down a different path entirely but mm-hmm. it's been it's been the best decision you know i've ever made yeah for that's sure. awesome so the one thing i want to dig into because i remember as a 19 year old entrepreneur listening to different interviews back then i was always listening on youtube and podcasting wasn't so prevalent as it is today. But I remember hearing people say things like, oh, yeah, customers and clients come to me. And I know that you've said that you're in a place now where you're really well known in the PR industry. And I see you pop up all over the place. So you do have clients come to you. Take us back to when that wasn't the case, though, when you were starting out. How how the heck were you finding new customers and clients? Well, we were definitely putting ourselves out there. Um, our website had a great turnaround for us and getting new client leads. But I felt like the quality of the leads that we would get through the website versus referrals were a lot lower. So our best clients always come from referrals. So I think it really helps to tap your network and passionately share with them. I know people always say this word passionate and follow your passion. And what I mean to say is just give your message in a way where people see your enthusiasm and your drive and your, you know, stop at nothing attitude to succeed and they want to help you. So when you share that passion for what you're doing or what you're starting, people are naturally drawn to that and want to support you. So I went, reached out to my network and anyone that would listen, that was the appropriate, you know, forum for sharing what I was up to. I would definitely, you know, share it in such an enthusiastic way that I ended up getting a lot of business through leads that I knew. And, um, I also you know, I kind of figured out how to promote my story as being unique in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And early on, I did some press outreach on myself and my career transition. So I had a story published in the LA Times that said pursuing a passion for fashion. And it was a big picture of me. And it talked about how I switched from law to PR. Now career transition stories are, you know, really prevalent. But back then, for some reason, you know, I was able to get a lot of traction for that. And I ended up getting a bunch of client leads from that story itself. Um, So promoting yourself and what is unique to you and your um, expertise, your story, your path, whatever you're working on, there's a unique story there. So find a way to tell it and promote your story and yourself to the outlets that your clients and potential customers are reading. Um, That's another way that I did it. And then also I did some cold outreach that actually did result in getting us some calls and, and, and client leads. So if I had a brand that I loved I would reach out to them and I would, you know, find a contact on their site. I would check to make sure that the um, the email was going directly to the company and not to a third party PR firm. And I would reach out and say, you know, this is our experience in your space and I love your brand. I'm genuinely a fan of it. Um, you know, let's connect. I'm happy to share with you some ideas for how 
we can promote your business and um, go from there. And I got a lot of leads from that. It's still, you know, cold sales still works. Yeah, no, I like that. And that's a message so many people because it's kind of it's in right now to say, oh, have customers and clients come to you, set things on autopilot. People love saying autopilot, automated and all that. So it's good to Misleading, huh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it can be misleading. And I, I like that you point out that cold traffic and cold approaches still do work, especially, and I, I think the key to everything that you just said and why cold approaches still work for you is because you approach it in a value-based way. Like when you approach these companies, I'm guessing you're giving them value and you're showing them success stories and you're putting them in the shoes of, hey, here's what it's going to look like when we do work together. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I always say that in every communication and what you're sharing on social media and the message you're pitching to um, the media when you're promoting your brand is always give value, share value and, um, you know, have the message be packed with, you know, helpful value driven information. And in that sense, also in the beginning, you know, it's we kind of walk a fine line between giving away too much and, you know, if you have to write a proposal or something, how much do you share to show that you're competent and your ideas are good, but you don't want them to take your ideas and execute without you. So it's always that balance. But I, I believe in generosity and I feel like the more you can give, the more people see that you're really invested and that you have great ideas and you're competent at what you, what you do and how that can benefit them. So I always try to give something up front. I mean, I definitely don't have the time at this point to create a full proposal with a strategy, like a full-blown press plan. But back in the day, I would throw some ideas together and you know, full well knowing that it would take us and our unique connections or our experience to execute on them but they would say oh that's really interesting I never thought to do that let's let's hit the ground running and do it we love those ideas so you know always sharing value and conveying that you've given this a lot of thought and you're excited and passionate about the opportunity to work with the brand yeah that's great I love that and also because you talked about the differences between how you approach customers and clients back then which is maybe you were sending full burn full-blown proposals and all that, whereas today you just don't have the time. Let's talk about that, though. So let's say there's a entrepreneur or an entrepreneur out there listening, and they're thinking, okay, well, based on what Jen is saying, I can picture myself finding leads, and I can picture myself approaching different people, but I don't know how to turn them into customers. I don't know how to get them to the point where they've got a credit card or check in hand. What was your process back then? So let's say you approached a company cold. How did you get them to actually pay you and how did you decide how much they should pay you? Oh, that's a great question. It's it's still how we think about things today. I mean, so our services, we are a re- retainer-based business and that's pretty much the standard in PR and I believe for social media as well, but we kind of fold those services in together. So we always start with a conversation and I sit and I listen and I listen to the client and what their needs are, what they're looking to accomplish. And you start thinking, you know, what are the best ways that we can help them do that? And it's coming up with a solution for what they're struggling with or what they, where they want to be and having a path to help them get there. And then communicating that in a way that shows that we can help them grow their business, convert 
customers to, you know, convert fans to customers through social media, whatever language they're kind of expressing or problem they're expressing to us, we can say, okay, here is how we would approach that. And I'm really candid. I'll say, you know, I don't know that that's going to work for your business or I think absolutely that's going to fold in really well with the approach that we'll take. And then ultimately you're going to get where you want to go. And then we'll probably continue on and on to grow on those, build on those results that we get. And so I, you know, our clients always approach our services as an ongoing proposition. And those are the ones that have the best results, which is why, you know, I worked with a brand for 11 plus years. We just kept building and building on what we did together. And as they launched new products and new things. So, you know, we, basically start by listening and it ha- it helps to have a sense in your mind. And, you know, sales is also kind of a dance. I know like negotiating and thinking about how much you want to make or how badly you want to work with a brand is part of the thought process. And so I like to have a base number in my mind. And for me, that means how much time are we investing in this? How many people or how much resources are we dedicating to execute on this? And then, you know, what value are we bringing and what's comparable in the market? Um, And then, like, how much of a shortcut will they get by working with us versus trying to do it on their own? Um, And then I really do take into consideration how badly I want to work with this brand. And if it's somebody that's going to make our roster look insane and really people turn and say, oh, they're working with that agency, that's great. They must be really great. Then there's a little bit of wiggle room. And sometimes I can sniff out to kind of the pain in the butt factor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I can tell, you know, if this client's going to be really difficult, it's always the ones that pay the least that are the most difficult. (laughs) It always is negative correlation (laughs) for some reason. So, you know, if I can tell this is going to be really challenging or I don't know if it's the best fit, you know, perhaps I'll throw a high price at the proposal and if they go for it, then, you know, hey, it might be worth it. <laughs> so that there's a calculation that goes into everything and, um, you know, it it is somewhat flexible and if some brand says, you know, we can't afford that but we really wanna go down this path with, with you guys and we're looking at this as a long-term relationship, then, you know, I'm probably gonna be somewhat flexible because I wanna grow with a brand I really believe in. Yeah, I want to call out one thing that you said in there, because for everybody listening to this, the entire entrepreneur to entrepreneur audience needs to understand one thing that you just said, because it's one of the best business lessons that I've ever learned over my 10 years of, of being an entrepreneur. And that's that when I asked you about pricing, you didn't simply allude to the fact of, oh, it's going to take us 10 hours and a reasonable price per hour is, let's just say, 100 bucks an hour. So that's what we're going to charge, because instead you approached it from, well, what's the benefit to the client? And you're selling the result. You're not trading your time for those dollars. You're actually charging them for the result that you're going to get them, which is a way smarter approach. And I'm assuming that it's that approach that has allowed your business to scale. That's right. Yeah, That's so right. sell the you, result. I love it. Yeah, you have to take into consideration the value that you bring. And, you know, there's, it, it, for us, you know, we're kind of, it's very interesting, you know, and law is like this too. You're on retainer, but with law, you're billing out by hours for sure. And I mean, it was so, I so reject billable hours because when I was practicing law, we had an, an annual billable hour target. If I went to the bathroom or walked away from my desk for more than six minutes, which is 0.1 hours, I had to stop the clock and <laughs> stop charging for my time. And I felt like 
just tethered to the clock and I hated it so much. And so I set up a business model where I want people to work with us and, you know, we have a predictable monthly, we don't upcharge if you have a press release or you have press kits that need to go out, we don't upcharge. So I don't, that's how I want to be treated as a customer. I want an all-inclusive, take care of me. If I have a need that comes up, you guys are there to handle it. We're a team. So if I get a client on the Ellen DeGeneres show and they sell a million dollars worth of products and it only took me one phone call, why, you know, should I then charge out for one hour when, um, you know, it's just part of the service we provide. And so if something takes me an hour or 10 hours or six months of follow-up, you know, it's all part of our process. And so I take into that full consideration just the results that we get and you're going to get access to all of us and our team. And we're like, I have a client that's writing um, boilerplate language for some marketing materials and they needed ASAP and it's like, okay, we're going to stop what we're doing and get them what they need and they're not going to question you know is this going to cost me money it's just this is our team we're an extension of their company we add a lot of value and if something takes a minute or if it takes 10 hours it's covered so you have to think about that when you're pricing your services yeah that's great and that's a super valuable lesson so i hope that everyone really takes that to heart because that's gold advice right there jen i love it I want to transition a little bit and talk about the other side of your business because, I mean, at this point, everyone, if they didn't know before, they could hear in the way that you're talking about PR that you are one of the most brilliant PR minds in the U.S. So I want to transition to your press success course that you've got coming out. So I know that it's a comprehensive PR course. I'm guessing it's for entrepreneurs, but tell us a little bit more about that course and when it's going to be released and and what that side of your business looks like. Okay, well, can we just stop for a second? (laughs) Thank you so much for that compliment. That's like insane. No one's ever (laughs) said anything like that. I really appreciate that. I don't know how true it is, but I appreciate that coming from you because I really respect you and what you've done in your business so much. So thank you for those very, very kind words. Um, Well, so, and I'm so excited about this course. So I've had this idea for a really long time and, you know, I have a very busy business and I have two little boys and my older son is on the autism spectrum and and has special needs. And so there's just a lot of um, time that goes into getting him the services and things that he needs to be successful at school and all that. So it's taking that all of that is to say it's taken me a lot longer to put together than I would have hoped, but it's finally, finally, finally ready to launch later this month. Um, we're aiming for October 24th, 25th to open our cart. So the course is press success and it is a signature PR course, very detailed step-by-step how to for entrepreneurs and brands. So we've got examples for product-based businesses and also for service-based businesses. Um, And it would apply also to brick and mortar stores. And it just gives you the step-by-step approach for securing positive press for yourself and reaching out to influencers, um, sharing your message in the media. And this kind of is a, is a, um, an, a paid extension of my Generation Academy Facebook group. So I have a group online. Um, I launched it about six months ago, and we have about a thousand entrepreneurs all over the world. And I pop into the group every week, and I answer questions, and I provide a live training. Um, if your listeners want to join the community right now, it's I'm 
thinking of closing it and creating it as a paid only access going forward. So if you're in, you're in. Um, but until I do that, um, it's open. But once I close it, because it's so much work, as you know, and I really think that we're adding value. I mean, people in the group are getting amazing results that they're implementing our strategies and they're, you know, they're getting these results for free. Um, and people have been saying to me, you know, you should probably start monetizing this cause it's so much work. But, um, so yeah, I'm totally going off on a tangent, but I, I love the concept of, for me, it's helping more people getting access to people and brands and entrepreneurs that couldn't afford our retainer services and providing value and giving them cut to the chase tactics that they can implement and get the results that they're seeking and do it themselves. Like I really, truly believe that brands and entrepreneurs are their own best storytellers are so intimately connected to their own businesses, there's no better person to tell their stories than themselves. So I want to give them the tools and strategies to effectively do that in Secure Press. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I know that you joke that you're going off on a tangent, but I can see why. It's because you provide value in so many different ways, not only for your clients, but like you said, a thousand plus entrepreneurs within your Facebook group, and then all of the entrepreneurs that are going to join your upcoming press success course. So I'm so excited to see both of those things take off. And I've already been in your Facebook group for quite some time since we first met. So I love it in there. And now that you've already thrown it out there that you might be closing it down, I'm going to make sure that all all of the entrepreneur to entrepreneur community gets in there before you close the doors. So thanks for bringing that up. But Jen, oh, thank you. on the whole, I really want to thank you for taking your time out today to talk to the entrepreneur to entrepreneur audience. And at this point, I want to shine the, the spotlight on you and invite you to throw out some links out there so that people can learn more about you, learn about your upcoming course and join your Facebook group. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. Um, okay, so join the group. We'd love to see you in there. You just pop into Facebook and search Generation Entrepreneurs. And of course, Generation is with a J. Um, and then just request uh, access and I'll happily add you. Um, and then our course, I'm so excited. I uh, The sales page is being programmed right now and it is so awesome looking. <laughs> like I cannot I love the branding. I worked on the branding probably longer than anything because it's so hard. You know how it is to find mm -hmm. a designer that can capture your vision. And it just looks so sick. It's it's awesome. And I'm really, really proud of it. Um, just the course itself, the workbooks, the the video lessons. It's, it's so good. Um, it's exactly the kind of course that I would want to take. And I put out something I'm really, really proud of. So the course, you can find it. My website is generationpr.com. And if you go to generationpr.com slash press hyphen success, that'll be the sales page. It's a landing page right now. Um, or else you just go to generationacademy.com and that's where this, the course will live. But you can't see the fancy uh sales page on that link. We're still trying to figure that one out. But um, and I'm all over social media at Generation PR. I post tips every week and um, really just kind of actionable. Everything that we put out is actionable, value driven. And I love hearing from people of how they're implementing our strategies and the results that they're getting. All right. Awesome. Well, Jen, thank you so much. Once again, I'm going to link to all of those resources that you just mentioned on the show notes page. So people can find that at thewantrepreneurshow.com. But otherwise, Jen, we're all rooting for you. We'll be following your journey. And thanks so much. That's so awesome. Thanks so much, Ryan. 
Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.